Welcome to the Vineyard Cincinnati podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast. Good morning, Vineyard. How y'all doing? Oh, I'm Matt Massey, if you're new here. And I just want to say I'm, I'm, I'm tucked in, and it's not Easter or Christmas, and I'm wearing dressy shoes. And uh, I'm channeling my inner Raul, uh, you know, so uh, showing my ankles. So if that makes any one of you stumble, let me know. Um, so hey, before I jump into the talk, <laughs> just came out of my mouth, sorry. Don't even think before I say most things. But anyway, if, you're, uh, if, you've, if you've not heard about our marriage conference coming up October 21st and 22nd, I really want to encourage you to come to that. Like, I believe strong marriages are one of the best ways we evangelize our world. One of the best ways we show the world Jesus is when we have marriages that are strong. So if you're about to get married, you're newly married, long-time married, you're about to die and you're married, go come. Like, like, and if you can only make Friday night, come Friday night. If you can only make Saturday, come. But just, it's gonna be good for your marriage, good for our church. So is anyone not signed up that wants to go? If you do, Ted Cunningham's written a great book called A Love That Laughs. It's, it's gonna be a lot of laughter. Anyone want to go and want a book? If, you, if you're going to sign somebody, okay, come on. Come, come, come grab the book. You can get it. And anyone else? Anyone else? I'll give you a book. All right, come on up. Come on up. Come, what, what, you guys share. Fight over. Fight over. I'm going to toss you. Don't hit anybody. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Here you go. I'm going to toss. All right, got it. Good. Oh, man, two bad tosses and two bad catches. So, all right. Well, you guys know my love for movies. If you don't love movies, it's okay, but you're in sin. Um, movies are phenomenal. The reason why we love movies is they tell a story, and God designed us for story. He put us in his story, and he made us to love story and to live a good story. Well, one of my favorite iconic stories of all time has an iconic symbol in it that just makes you just, it just does something in you. And in about two seconds, I'm gonna do this iconic symbol, and I want you as a, as a group to all say what the symbol is all at once. Ready? Here's the iconic symbol. You'll know immediately what movie is. Ready? Karate Kid, come on. Can we do it again? And I, I, I can do the actual kick, and it would be really impressive. If you, if you like the Jaden Smith version, he, he, what's that, what's that? Do it, do it. Yeah, yeah, later. Anyway, so uh, if you, uh, the Jaden Smith version, he does a little flip action. It's really cool. So whether, if you don't know the story at all, uh, in the first one, Daniel is getting beat up by all his friends. Daniel's son, played by Ralph Macchio, who's now doing Cobra Kai, you know. And so, and he is getting beat up by the bullies, and he goes to Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi, and says, teach me what you do. And Miyagi has him come to his house. And he's like, wax on, wax off. Paint up, paint down, right? He starts doing this stuff. And after a couple weeks of this, Daniel's like, you're a jerk. Like, I'm just doing work in your house. You're just using me as a grunt. And then Miyagi begins to throw punches at him. And Daniel just, in muscle memory, reacts, right? And magically, he's now able to do karate because he's disciplined himself in this muscle memory to do these things that he's disciplined his body in doing. Well, here's the deal. In Christ, it's the same. The way of Jesus 
invites us to be rooted into him as our savior, and then he invites us into these disciplines that may seem silly like it did to Daniel. They may seem odd or bizarre, but they develop muscle memory in us that prepare us for the battle of life. Because here's the deal. You, whether you know it or not, are in a spiritual battle. And it's a, it's a war against darkness. We, we do not, uh, this is not a battle against flesh and blood. It is a battle against the principalities of darkness. And Satan hates you and wants to destroy you. And Jesus loves and adores you and has given you these disciplines to connect with him more deeply so that you can live powerfully and be rooted powerfully in the kingdom of God. If you've not been with us, we've said that rooted means being grounded and established in the person of Jesus, his resurrection, and his, his, the infilling of his Holy Spirit. And as we've done this series, we've talked about two primary things, orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Daniel talked about this last week, that we've been focusing on the first three weeks, we're focusing on orthodoxy. That's right beliefs, faith in Jesus, hope in Jesus, love in and from Jesus. And then these next three weeks, starting last week and the next two, we're going to look at the right practices. That's orthopraxy. And if we, right beliefs reflects right, or pardon me, right practices reflect right beliefs. And, and, and then right practices also help foster right beliefs. So that's why we're doing this thing called the rooted challenge and these things that help us grow more deeply in Christ. And if we do this more, then we become what we call unconsciously Competent. If you've ever heard of this, there's the four stages of learning. And the first is what we call unconscious incompetence. That's when you don't know what you don't know. Kind of like when I was a newly married man, and my wife said, I'm really feeling sad. And I said, don't feel that way. How many, how many of you guys know that doesn't work, right? And I, you know, I was like, oh, you're supposed to let him feel. I didn't know this. So I quickly moved to conscious incompetence. Oh, she let me know I was incompetent. So then I begin to practice and move towards conscious competence. I literally wrote on a note card, I'm so sorry you feel that way. That must be hard. Tell me more. <laughs> and started trying to use sounds like sounds. like. So I practice good listening. Well, then you do that long enough, and I'm fairly good now at being unconsciously competent in this arena. Well, that's what we're trying to do spiritually. We're trying to invite you into these disciplines that build muscle memory, spiritual muscle memory in us so that we live stronger. And can I say, scientifically, it is proven that these spiritual habits are good for us. Just like eating healthy and working out, spiritual habits, spiritual disciplines lengthen our life and strengthen our life. Uh, one of your elders, Anita Ingram, just sent me a, a podcast recently by a, a professor named Tyler Vanderweel. And he's done amazing research showing that those people that go to church, go to a faith-based community regularly, have longer lives. They live more non-anxious presence. They, they live healthier, more vibrant, peaceful lives. And so that's why it's so important. By the way, if you're online watching, get to church. Get into the building. We don't need you here to fill up a seat. You need to be here because something happens in your heart when you worship and connect with others. So we're doing this Rooted Challenge, inviting us to do these three practices for 60 days. Daniel last week challenged us to do 60 days of prayer, just 15 minutes a day of connecting with Jesus through prayer. And this next two weeks, we're gonna talk about connecting with Jesus through worship and giving. We want this for you. We don't need anything from you. It's for your benefit and for the kingdom of God. And why these three? 
Why do we pick these three? Well, number one, all three of us, all three of these remind us that Jesus is the one who's in control. When you pray and you worship and you give, you're reminded, I'm not in charge of the universe, and it recalibrates our minds with right perspective. Can I get an agreement on that? And when you take time to stop and pause and be with Jesus, and it restores your heart with peace. Who here needs a little peace today? We're in a world of chaos, and, and, and the enemy wants us living in chaos and wants us living the opposite of what the Hebrew word is shalom. You and I have been invited into shalom with and from Jesus. And when we practice these things, it roots us more deeply in Jesus. And we bring peace wherever we go. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 2, verse 7 to the church of Colossae, he said, let your roots grow down. Let your roots grow deep into Jesus and let your lives be built on Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's why we're saying this whole series, when our roots go deep, our tree grows strong. Cuando las raíces son profundos, nuestro arbol crece fuerte. Man, I'm getting good at this. I'm way better than clay. Anyway, these, these practices, these old paths we're looking at, prayer and worship and giving are old practices. And these old practices are meant to bring us new power and fresh power in Christ. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews is a phenomenal letter. It, it's written about Jesus and his love for coffee and beer. He, Hebrews, he, Hebrews. Come on, thank you. I'll be here all night. Come on. Come on. I know it was a dad joke, but come on. You're never going to think about this letter the same again. He brews. Kabbalah. Anyway, it's written to a people that were struggling to stay connected to Jesus. They were new Christians that had formerly been Jewish or even Gentile. They believed in the resurrection of Jesus. That's the foundation of our faith. They'd received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. They'd confessed with their mouth that he is Lord but now they're struggling. They're, they're dying for their, for their faith because persecution was rampant. The, the Roman government was killing Christians left and right. The storms of life were hitting. And they were wondering, is this Jesus thing worth it? And is this Jesus thing working? Does Jesus work? Is Jesus worth it? And the whole letter of Hebrews, I encourage you to read it when you have time. Reminds us that Jesus is the one. He did rise. And because he rose from the dead, and because he put his spirit in us, he is worth it. And he does work. He's working right now. And the author gives us these 14 let us statements. Not let us like a salad bar, but let us statements that are statements that are orthodoxy and orthopraxy. They're, they're statements that are about right belief and right practices that help us get more deeply rooted in Jesus as the only one who gives life. Like chapter four starts out the first let us statement. It says, let us therefore then enter into rest with Jesus. We're not invited into more activity. We're invited into 
rest. And then he says, as you enter into his rest, then let us hold firmly to Jesus. Hold tight to him. And then, as a result, then let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Man, we're in a world that needs grace. And when we connect with Jesus, we get to experience more and more and more grace. And we get to approach the throne of grace with confidence that in spite of what you've done, where you've been, in spite of what sin you committed a minute ago, Jesus says, you're welcome. Come, sit with me, be with me. Well, then chapter six then goes on to say, well, okay, then let us then grow up. Let us mature. Let us stop eating weak weak. Food, let's eat the good food. Let's eat the good stuff and grow up in Jesus. And that doesn't mean have more knowledge. More knowledge doesn't equal more maturity, but more depth and connection does. And then chapter 10 says, then let us draw near to Jesus and let us draw near to others that we're meant to do this with others. So it says things like, let us spur one another on to love and good deeds and let us not stop meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing. That's why we gather in person. And then we come to chapter 12, and my favorite of the lettuce statements begins to happen. He says at the beginning of chapter 12, right after, he looks at chapter 11, the, the faith hall of fame, all these amazing people that have followed God without Jesus and without the resurrection. And he says, let us consider those people. Let us consider them. Throw off the sin and the weights of life that entangle and let us fix our eyes on Jesus at all times, the author and perfecter of our faith who bore our shame on the cross and rose again. So let us consider him so that we do not grow weary or grow faint of heart. We can be rooted and stay the course. And then in that same chapter, the author says, here's the deal. It requires discipline to stay the course with Jesus. To be rooted in Christ requires discipline. And and, and the word discipline here doesn't mean punishment. When we hear the word discipline, we often think being punished. But here it means discipline, like being strong, made strong. Again, for example, I don't discipline your kids. You don't discipline my kids. I discipline my kids because I want them to be strong. When we discipline our children, that's what Jesus does with us. He disciplines only his children to make us stronger and grow us. And here's what it says, verse 10. He, meaning Jesus, disciplines us for our good. Uh, by the way, when you were kids, you remember when your dad would say, this is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you. I'm like, no, it doesn't. And now that I'm a dad, I'm like, it, it does. You don't have fun, well, sometimes. You don't have fun disciplining your children, right? You, you do it because you want them to grow and be strong. And he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. True statement about you. The moment you say yes to Jesus, You're in Christ, and Christ is in you. You are now holy. In spite of the fact you may not act holy, who you are is now perfect in his presence. And the rest of our journey is trying to flesh that holiness out. Well, discipline does that. It allows us to experience more fully who we are. He goes on to say, for the moment, oh, this is such a true statement. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, right? When you're going through discipline, you're not not sitting there saying, this is so fun. Or if you're doing a hard workout, how many of you guys drive to the health club thinking, I can't wait to work out? Very rarely. 
I drive there going, oh, this is going to hurt. And during the workout, during a hard exercise, during a hard run, it's painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. When, when, we, when we lean into the disciplines of Jesus, it yields peaceful fruit. And the peaceful fruit spiritually is experiencing our righteousness. When you're in Christ and Christ is in you, you've now been made righteous. You are now in right standing with him and who you are is holy and righteous. And again, it's fleshed out in these disciplines. And by the way, can I disagree? Again, back to the workout illustration. Rarely do I drive to the health club excited to work out, but I always leave feeling good. Can we, can we get an agreement on that? Like, ne- never do I spend time with Jesus and think, well, that was a waste of time, right? That's the same in these disciplines. So it goes on to say, therefore, you guys know I love therefores. What do we say when we see a therefore? What's the therefore, therefore? So in light of that, therefore, lift your drooping hands. Strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may be put out of joint well, may not be put out of joint, but rather will be healed. Oh, my goodness. These disciplines that were offered in Christ set us free and help us experience strength. So we lift our hands, and it's almost like a decision to strengthen, lift your drooping hands, a decision to strengthen your weak knees, a decision to, to discipline yourself and make straight paths. And when we do, what's lame, what's broken in you experiences healing. We believe God still heals today. He doesn't always heal physically. But when you connect with Jesus and you lean in him, he promises to always heal, heal you spiritually. Always. That's the greater healing. Can, can, I, can I just say, by the way, how many of you guys remember a great coach or a great teacher? Anyone remember a great coach or a great teacher? Was that coach or teacher easy? No. Like, 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 like there were some bad coaches and bad teachers that were jerks or lazy. But my best coaches... And my best teachers were ones that I thought, man, they were hard, but they were good. And they made me better. That's what Jesus is trying to do with us. As we said a couple weeks ago, God does not care about our happiness. He cares about our wholeness. He cares that we experience the healing we've been promised. Well, as you think about discipline, can I just say one more thing before we go to the next thing? You and I, every one of us in this room, are all disciplining ourselves in something. It's not a matter of if you're disciplining yourself in something. It's what are you disciplining yourself in. We're talking about this more next week. But you're either disciplining yourself in porn or pizza, or you're disciplining yourself in unhealthy things, or you're disciplining yourself in the ways of Jesus, which bring life and wholeness. You get to decide. You get to choose where you put your energy and your time. And, and, and what you decide determines the health of your life. So here we come. Then the author says, look, God is the all-powerful God. He's in control at all times, whether you feel it or not, whether you believe it or not, in spite of what the stock market does, in spite of what's happening around the world, in spite of what's happening in our political arena, whatever. He's in control. Therefore, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Come on. That's worthy of an amen. Amen. We've been given a kingdom that cannot 
be shaken. The kingdom of God is unshakable in spite of how shakable the world looks. Therefore, thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship. The word worship means worth. We give worth to the only one worthy of worth. And whatever you give worth to is what you'll become. You become what you gaze upon. You become what you behold. You are what you eat. If we give worship to God, we become more like God. And what we do, we give more we, 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 to acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Why do we do it with reverence and awe? Because our God is a consuming fire. And that's not meant to scare us, but it's meant to put holy fear in us so that we know that we belong to him. So we come to our last, our last letter statements, which we're going to camp out on this next two weeks. He says, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Not just on Sunday, not just when you feel like it, but continually with every action of your life. Romans 12.1 says, come to God. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and offer your lives, all of you, to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And everything that you do, what Tyler and the band does for us, leads us in, is just a portion of worship. Worship is at all Time. So continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. The phrase fruit of lips in the Greek there literally means it's the result of what's going on in my heart, but it also causes something to go on in my heart. Check that. It's a result of my heart, and then it causes something to happen in my heart. So we choose worship, even if you don't feel it, it's a promise that will change your heart to be more aligned to Christ. And then it says, then do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. What this is saying here is that worship and giving are synonymous. If we want to really change our hearts and experience greater encounter with Jesus in our lives, then we worship, we pray, and we give. We do those three things, and it changes our heart and it then expresses our heart. It's a beautiful thing. So here's the deal. Prayer draws us closer to Jesus because it helps us encounter him more. Worship strengthens our weak needs and, and bolsters our heart. And giving sets us free from holding on to the things we think we find life in. And it sets us free to experience life in him and him alone. This is our choice. What do you want? I want our body, our, our people, to be so rooted in Jesus and practicing these rooted challenges so much that wherever we go, we are a non-anxious presence. Wherever we go, people are around us and we're the Rome of Christ and they sit there and go, oh my goodness, there's something on you that I want. Not perfect, but authentic, rooted people. I want to invite the band out. We are at war. We are at war. I know that sounds crazy. If you're new to the whole faith thing, you're like, war? There's a spiritual war going on. There's an enemy that hates you, despises you, and he's doing everything he can to seduce you, to threaten you, to, to try to take your heart captive away from the one who loves you most. 
And Jesus, once you connected with him, disciplined and connected with him so that you experience life and life abundantly. That's why we're doing these habits. Because when we abide in Christ, we abide in the one who loves us most and we experience his love more. And we show his love more. So as Daniel challenged you last week, we're doing 15 minutes a day in prayer. This next week, we're gonna start doing 15 minutes of worship a day. Tyler has put on the website, you'll see it on the QR code, a worship challenge. If you don't have Spotify, it's 2022. Download it on your phone. And there's a, a, a rooted worship list. Every week is gonna change the songs. There's 10 on there. And in your car, I encourage you, for the next 60 days, don't listen to sports radio or talk radio. Listen to worship. When you go for a walk, listen to worship. Root yourself in the thoughts of Jesus. You will grow strong. Next week, we're gonna talk about how to give, how to live more open-handed. If you like reading Psalms, the book of Psalms is a whole book of worship. Psalm 145 through 160. There's six psalms that are all about worship and praise. Read one a day for the next 60 days, and you'll read each one 10 times. Do the psalm worship challenge. 145 to 160. I encourage you to do that. I promise you, money back guaranteed, your heart will change. Money back guaranteed, you will be more peaceful. I don't have any money to give you, but it's a money-back emotional guarantee. I promise you. Last night, we had a night of worship. If you got to come, you experienced a real treat. It's a blessing. And I told the group last night, I drove here last night, honest to goodness, the last thing I wanted to do was come to a night of worship. I mean, I'm like, I've seen enough of Tyler. I don't want to see him anymore. I'm driving here. The OSU game's still on. I'd rather be watching football. I'd rather be on my couch eating Cheetos, right? Cheetos, Cheez-Its. Man, they're, they're from God. They really are. Can we just agree? And the toes, Tostitos, Doritos, Cheetos. I'm sorry. And I'm sitting there driving. I don't want to be there. I'm coming, I'm coming with my daughter. And I get here, and I'm like, oh, I'm just, and I didn't realize how tired I was. You know, sometimes, anyone, anyone feel like you got a carnival going on in your brain? Anyone, anyone, am I the only one? Come on, you can admit it. It's got a lot going on, you're just always thinking about stuff. And the older we get, we have to get up in the middle of the night and, and, you know, urinate and think about stuff, right? It's just like, you young people, you're jerks. You get to sleep well. Too much, too much information, sorry. And I'm here, I'm like, I don't want to be here. I mean, just in the last month, we've had a fridge break, a faucet break, a tire blow, and a dryer go out. Like $2,000 of unexpected income on top of the fact that I've got college I'm paying for, and now, good Lord, i got a wedding I'm paying for. Come on. I love my daughter. I love my daughter. I love my daughter. But it's just a lot. You start thinking about it. And I'm sitting right over there. I'm just kind of like, okay, God, I'm tired. And it was a decision, a decision, a discipline to stand up and do this. And guess what happened? The Holy Spirit started to move. The Holy Spirit started to stir. The 
Holy Spirit says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But we have to come to him. He is a gentleman. He is not going to force his way upon us. He's beckoning you. He's beckoning me. Come. Come to me. Come to me. The Father wants to meet you right now here today. He wants to love on you. He wants to set you free from frustration. He wants to heal your hearts and maybe heal your bodies. Would you stand? We're going to lean into worship now. And I invite you, again, what you put into worship, you get out of worship. What you decide to put in, you get back out. So I invite you, take a risk. Close your eyes. You don't have to watch anyone around you, but take a risk. Put yourself in a posture. Kneel. Sit. Stand. Raise hands. There's different types of, there's different types of hand raising. Some people feel comfortable like this. That's okay. Some people feel comfortable like they're in a goalposts. Whatever you want to do. But just put yourself in a posture that says, you're God. I'm not. I surrender all that I am. And make a decision to discipline yourself to be rooted in the one who loves you most. And we're going to sing a song now called Forever Yahweh. And what I love about this song is we're going to say the names of God. And the names of God are the same in every language. Isn't that cool? There need be no translation for the names of God. Close your eyes, would you? Just hold your hands open, maybe. We'd like to do this. Just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, if you're already in Christ, Christ is in you. You don't need him to come, but we're saying stir. When we say come, Holy Spirit, we're saying stir. 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 Meet us in our tiredness. Meet us in our weariness. Pour out your love afresh upon us. For those that don't believe their love right now, Jesus, pour out your love. I break off that lie in the name of Jesus. You are loved. For God so loved you. He sent his son for you. Abide in me and abide in my love, Jesus says. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but in me, you can do anything. And ask for me anything in my name, and it will be done for you. Abide in me. So let's just abide. Let's just rest.
balcony. They'll be down here. We have uh, Spanish-speaking prayer teams, English-speaking prayer teams. We believe in the power of prayer around here. We believe that um, when we abide in the Father on our own and with others, things happen. God is in the business of changing us and making us more like Him. So come get prayer. There's something powerful that can happen when you invite and surrender and invite others to pray for you. So if you don't want to come get prayer, I like to get prayer regularly and often. If you don't want to come down here and get prayer, turn to the people next to you and say, would you, would you pray for me? Invite them to pray. Don't leave without engaging more if you can. We have these ministry words on this slide, and, and these are words that people in our body have heard from God. We believe everyone gets to hear Dad's voice. Not an audible voice, but this wrote these, sent these things in. And if, it, if any of these connect with you, these uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual words connect with you, come get prayer for any of these things. If you want to come take communion, come do so. Just spend some time abiding, connecting with each other and with God. If you uh, are ready to go, go have some food in the auditorium or, or check out baptism class in the big room. Bless you guys. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. To subscribe to our podcast or listen to other messages, go to vineyardcincinnati.com slash podcast.